This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie Deschal from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org. Are you ready this morning? We're going to carry on with our series on relationships. I need you to get uh, your notepads out, your Bibles out, get your writing hand out because we're going to move quickly uh, this morning. The title of the message this morning is this, is where, who, what, glory or fig leaves. I just want to recap on some of the things that we covered. Dr. McCorney last week did an excellent job of outlining. Yeah, go ahead and give God thanks for him. Just going through our relationship first with God our Father, then our relationships with our with one another, and then describing what levels of intimacy we can enjoy in terms of those relationships, and helping us understand that the Bible does command us to love one another. You know, before, the week before, I uh, uh, started to lay some foundation and understanding that relationships are made out of individuals. And what we are as an individual is what you bring into a relationship. And I want to just go back and recap a few things so we have understanding. Because Jesus, in Matthew 19, was asked a question on divorce. And uh, in responding to that question on divorce, Jesus uh, did not address what they asked him. He addressed the root. He said, you know, you know that in the beginning, God made the male and female. He said, you know, divorce didn't just start as divorce. Divorce started with individuals. And these individuals were singles. They were made in God's image and likeness in the beginning. They were made as male and female. And he said, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united with his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they're no longer two, but they're one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man separate. Then they asked him a question. So why did Moses then command a man saying you can give a, a woman or your wife your certificate of divorce? Jesus responded and says, Moses permitted you to do this because your hearts were hard. But it was not so in the beginning. It was not that way in the beginning. Turn to your neighbor and say, it was not that way in the beginning. So let me give you a principle, because Jesus went to the beginning to explain a current situation or where they found themselves currently. And here's the principle. The true purpose of anything is found in the mind of its creator. That is, the creator puts in the created thing the functionality and the capacity to fulfill its purpose. So Jesus here, in this passage of scripture, refers the Pharisees back to the mind of the creator, that is God himself, to bring understanding to his original intent and purpose so as to give a proper diagnosis of the problem of divorce. He goes to the root cause. And the root cause for broken down relationships is broken individuals. 
In the beginning, God created us male and female, and we were single. We were single in him with the functionality and the capacity to have healthy relationships. So let's go over what single means. If you could put that slide up. Single means you're separate, you're unique, and you're whole. Separate meaning apart, detached, different. Unique meaning you're the original, distinct, and you're special. And whole meaning you're complete, unified, one with self, to be one. Most of us pursue relationships or pursue marriage or whatever relationship we get into to complete us. That's not the way God made us from the beginning. Instead of pursuing those things, God wants us to pursue wholeness. Most of us are looking for someone or something natural to complete us. And we're not looking to the one. That is the creator who made us complete. Who is only capable of completing us and making us whole. Let me give this illustration. I love Toyota. I think Toyota is the best car in the world. Most reliable car in the world. You may disagree, but that's what I think and I'm entitled to it. I'm single and I'm whole and I'm very secure in that. But let me give this illustration. When a Toyota is made and comes out of the factory, it's made complete and whole to fulfill its purpose. It's ready to fulfill what it was created for. The creator gives me, or the person who buys it, a manual. And this manual helps them keep it running optimally. The manual has instructions on how you can keep the Toyota running as a Toyota should run. In the same way, our creator gave us a manual. The manual, whether you like it or not, is his word, the word of God. And for you and I to function optimally, we must refer to the manual. The manual has every solution for any green light or red light that comes up on our dashboard screen. It tells you what the creator's intent is, the creator's thoughts are, and the creator's remedies for the problem you face. So going back to the Toyota illustration, the manual, the manual for my car, it's a Toyota, has something very interesting that I saw in it. And it's under warning. It says for optimal use and efficiency, use genuine Toyota parts. Where do you get genuine Toyota parts? from Mercedes-Benz. No, we get genuine Toyota parts from Toyota. Simply, when there's a problem with the Toyota, when there's an issue with its wholeness, and it function, not functioning the way it's supposed to function, and it's not running the way it's supposed to run, 
go back to the maker. Go back to the maker. The maker is the only one with genuine parts for the Toyota. Now, in Zimbabwe, we know this, that there are so many imitations. Some imitations come by nations. These imitations, it is your choice to use these imitations. If you won't pay the full price for genuine parts, if you won't go to the maker, there will be problems with the functionality of your instrument or of your thing. Most of us settle for imitations. Imitations will work, but they'll never be the real thing. Most of us settle for counterfeits. They may work, but they're never the real thing. If this is true for cars and anything else, why would it be different for men? Why would man go to anything else but his maker for genuine parts when there's an issue with wholeness? So when there's anything that we need to address, Jesus gives us a pattern. He says, go back to the maker. If it's an issue with restoration you need, it can own the genuine parts are with the maker. If it's an issue with healing you need, the genuine parts are with the maker. If it's an issue with depression, anxiety, whatever the issue may be, the genuine parts are with the maker. And when there's an issue, drive back into the maker's garage and allow him to make you whole again. So let's go back to the, create, to, to, to the creator and see what his purpose is. You know, we, I shared this before, we looked at statistics in our church and uh, we have a young growing church, we have an issue in society that is happening right now where, and I've experienced it personally, where there's a lot of anxiety that takes place with regards to relationships because there's a lot of them that are broken. And uh, there's a lot of anxiety as well that happens, and I've experienced it personally, when, uh, you know, the years move on ahead and uh, one is unmarried. And, uh, you know, so we want to speak into some of those things and hear what God's purpose. Because let's, let's see what the maker says of those things. Genesis 2, from verse 24, if you could open up your Bibles. I'm going to, as you read, open your Bibles, I'm going to read. This is the story of Adam and Eve. And in verse 24, it says this, And the Lord God said, It is not good for a man to be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Out of the ground, God formed every beast of the field, every bird of the air, and brought them to Adam to see what he would name them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was his name. So Adam gave names to all the cattle, all the birds of the air, birds of the air, and every beast of the field. But to Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and he closed up his flesh in its place. Then the rib 
Then the rib which the Lord had taken from the man, he made a woman, and he brought her to the man. And Adam said, take it, he had woken up now. He wasn't sleep talking. This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of the man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become one. I want you to note something. Adam didn't go looking for Eve. He went about doing what God called him to do and God himself was moved to give him a helper. Most men and guys pursue a wife when there's nothing to help. This the Bible calls tempting Christ or arm twisting God. You're asking God to provide help when there is nothing to help. You see, you're saying to God, give me a helper when you're not doing God's work. There is no one who goes to his employer and says, give me help when he's not doing the employer's business. Why do we expect God to be any different? Or why do we think without dedicating ourselves to doing what he's called us to do, we should be getting any help? Ladies, I want you to note something. God put Adam to sleep. Be very wary of a man whose flesh is awake. Be very wary of a man whose flesh is awake. If his basis for finding you is an awakened flesh, baby, you look so hot. Go to the owner's manual and find out what happened to David. Who pursued a woman with an awake flesh. Find or be found by a man who's rested in God. You see, Adam didn't speak to Eve when he saw her when he was awake. He didn't even address her. He addressed the one he was in relationship with. He was not in relationship yet with Eve. So he said, now this is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. Ladies, beware of a man, Anokunyenga. Hmm, pastor. Hmm, can this be true? Let's find out what the owner says. Be wary of a man who is smooth and woos you. As if you've got no cover. Be wary of a man who talks to you out of the context of relationship. A man must speak to you out of the context of relationship that he is in with Christ. 
So, pastor, what about the scripture that says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. You see, because outside of relationship with God, Adam was not, was not going to receive Eve. Adam trusted the one who presented Eve to him. And therefore, he knew that he was good. Therefore, Eve was good for him. Because everything God had created was good. So his trust was not in Eve. His trust was in the one who presented Eve. And Eve didn't present herself. Eve was presented to him. Ladies, who is presenting you? Pastor, what about a man who finds a wife? Let's go to it. Proverbs 18.22. He who finds a wife finds a good thing and receives favor from the Lord. Put up, put up the next slide. The word find in the Hebrew there is the word matzah. And here's what that word means. Matzah, M-A-T-S-A. It means to come forth, to appear or exist. That's the primary root. To attain find or acquire, to occur, to meet, be present, to cause to come, to cause to come, to cause to find and attain, to cause to light upon, come upon, come, to cause to encounter. So if we rewrite that scripture, it means he who causes a wife to come forth is present to receive a good thing and finds favor with God. What that scripture basically means is not you're going out into the forest searching amongst women for a wife. It means there's a disposition that you have as a man that's causing her to come forth. That's causing her to come. And it, only, it, it means when she does come, you are present. To see what is presented, what has been brought forth to you. It's not going out finding. It's receiving what's presented. Oh, From the above scripture, <clears throat> we know that a wife comes from the Lord. And a righteous man is doing everything he can in God, in Christ, to cause there to be a call for help. And when that happens, because he's hidden in him and he has a relationship with him, there's no way goodness can pass by that man. It doesn't matter if you're 22, 42, 62, 82. Because Abraham had Isaac at hundreds. Nothing is impossible for this God. It happened to me at 35. Most in this church thought the things had expired. It was too late. The relatives thought it was too late. But you know what? He makes everything beautiful in his time. Yeah. Woo. 
He makes everything beautiful. Woo! He makes everything, everything beautiful in his time. Thank God goodness did not pass me by. You see, from the above, we know that God was the first matchmaker. And God is still in the matchmaking business. Hmm. You see, if we go back into the, in, to the beginning, Eden is not necessarily a geographical place as Pastor Bonnie teaches us. The word Eden means pleasure or delight. It's more in reference to where man was located in God. That was, man was in God's glory. Man was in God's delight. Man was in God's joy. And the joy of the Lord is our strength. The garden, in the garden, man's covering was God himself. That is God's glory. Man was naked and had no shame because he was covered. When man disobeyed God, the first thing he lost was his covering. He realized he was naked. Shame kicked in and he covered himself. Genesis 3, you can turn there, we're going to read there, but from verses 8 to 14, I'm going to start reading. It says this after Adam and Eve ate the fruit. It says, and they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of God amongst the trees in the, excuse me, in the garden. And the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where, turn to your neighbor, say where, are you? And he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid, and because I was, because I was naked, and hid myself. And God said to him, who? Turn to your neighbor, say who. Told you that you're naked. Have you eaten out of the tree which I commanded you that you should not eat? Then the man said, <laughs> the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me the tree and I ate. And the Lord said to the woman, what? Say to your neighbor, what? Is this that you have done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. As Pastor Tom said, we shift responsibility. When God said, came to Adam and he asked him to be responsible, to take responsibility, he says, well, it's the woman that you gave me. The woman moved the blame to the serpent and the serpent had no leg to stand on. So the three questions God asks are where, who, and what. These are very specific and their order is important. If you could put up that slide. First question is, Adam, where are you? This is simply, are you still in the garden? Are you still in my presence? Are you still in my joy? Are you still in my glory? Because I ain't seen you in a few hours. 
or are you in the bush? God's in a bush, where are you? Ladies and gentlemen, for healthy relationships, we want to know whether the person we are associating with is in the garden or is in the bush. You see, the garden, they are made whole in him. In the bush, they try and make themselves whole. The location questioned is determined by the who question. God is very specific. His next question is, because Adam says, and this is very funny. God asks Adam, where are you? A geography question for some. Adam's response is this. I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid. Because I was naked and I hid myself. The who question reveals identity. Note, Adam gave a condition and a state answer to a location question. Let that sink in a little bit. He gave a condition and a state answer to a location question. Afraid and naked are not garden products and are not covered by the creator of the garden. So God was asking Adam, who has given you this identity? Because it's not in the manual. It's certainly not in my presence. There's no, there's no fear, afraid, there is no nakedness in my presence. There is no nakedness in my delight. There's no nakedness in my joy. Who speaks of covering? God was asking a covering question. Whose cover have you now come under? Are you still under my glory or are you in fig leaves? Who covers you determines identity. That is how you see yourself. Your state of being. That is, are you whole or not? And what you do, that is your destiny. So some of us say to ourselves, mm, as I am, just me, and Dinakukwana. I am not enough. You see, that's the condition of fig leaves. Fig leaves never cover you enough. Only his glory covers us enough. Fig leaves are things we use to cover our sense of lack of wholeness or completeness. It can be anything. It can be clothes. Some people try and cover up by what they wear. It can be a job. Some people try and cover up by what they do, their jobs. That's where they want to get there. Some people try and cover up by money. Some people try and cover up by their spouses or relationship. These will never be enough. These are fig leaves. And they determine, they're determined, once we 
who covers us determines the next thing, that is what we do, our modus operandi. The Toyota example I gave you, uh, the car, they tell you what the car can do because they cover Toyota, they're the creator. Who covers you determines what you do. So here's a principle. And God is very specific in the way he asks. Where you are is determined by who covers you. That is, who you are responding to, which determines what you do. That is your destiny. As Pastor Bonnie says, your response, our response, is the key to our destiny. So the question who covers you, that is, is it the king of glory or the serpent among fig leaves becomes a very key question. Are you covered by the king of glory or the serpent amongst fig trees, fig leaves? Which environment do we operate in? Are we in the garden or in the bush? That is, are we in the kingdom or are we in the world? Here's a principle. Write it down. Life and everything pertaining to it is a cover issue. You see, books are not judged by their covers, but man is. You judge a man by his cover. This determines the quality of relationships a man will have. And when I say man, I'm referring both to men and women. That is, one, who he will serve. Will he serve God or the devil? Which influences the second question, second most decision, important decision that we'll make? Who will marry? And third, which Dr. McCorney covered last week, who will relate with? That is our community. Who covers you answers those questions. Psalms 11 verse 3 says this, if the foundation is shaken, what can the righteous do? Now, I want us to just finish up by going through a, a case study of the thing that we're talking about today. And I, some of you are shocked when I said, uh, in, the, in the owner's manual, the original manual, and if we go to the law of first mention, there was no kunyenga. There was no wooing. And I want to challenge you to go and do a study in the Bible. Go and do your own research. Go and research all the relationships where a one man and one wife are mentioned and look at how they came together. You will note that it's a cover issue. So let's look at one of these cases. Genesis 24. And keep your finger in Genesis 24. We're going to do quite a bit of reading there. This is the story of uh, Isaac and Rebekah. 
From verse 1, it says this, Now Abraham was old, well advanced in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. So Abraham said to the older servant of his house, that is Eliezer, who ruled over all he had, Please put your hand under my thigh, and I'll make you swear by the Lord God of heaven and the God of the earth that you will not take a wife for my son from the daughters of Canaanites. I want you to underline a wife in your Bible. Abraham is very specific in his words here. He says, you will not take a wife from the Canaanites among whom I dwell, but you will go to my country, to my family, and take a wife for my son. And the servant responded because he knew exactly what Abraham was saying here. And the servant said to him, perhaps the woman, underline the woman, will not be willing to follow me to this land. Must I take your son and go back to the land which he came? First thing I want us to note is this is something Abraham himself would have done had he not been for old age. So he gives the responsibility to his most trusted servant who all his possessions were entrusted to. In fact, before Isaac's birth, he's the servant that Abraham has said to God, this is the one that will inherit everything because I don't have a son of my own. Abraham sent Eliezer to find the woman. Eliezer said to him, if the woman will not come with me, should I take your son? That is, he was not going to uh, look for a, uh, 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 to say pinky, pinky, bonky. Father had a donkey. This is the woman. There was a specific woman that he was going to look for. Yet the world says, pinky, pinky, bonky, trial and error, taste and see which one and choose. Abraham said, don't do that. Don't just choose a wife. You know, you can find a wife amongst the Canaanites. You can. There. I want you to know, though, that God is a God of specifics. He sent Eliezer for the woman. He was not going to get any woman. In fact, Eliezer says, if I don't find the woman, I'll come back. You know, Abraham was very rich. And ladies, excuse the French, you know how it is with the rich guy. They have ladies flocking to them. So the issue was not about he could have gone and picked any woman. But his destination was not for any woman. It was for the woman. But Abraham said to him in verse, uh, if we go to verse 6, he says, Beware that you do not take my son back there. The Lord God of heaven, who took me from my father's house and from the land of my family, who spoke to me and swore to me, saying, To your descendants I give this land. He will send his angels before you, and he will take a, take a wife for my son from there. And if the woman is not willing to follow you, then you will be released from this oath. If the woman is not willing to follow you, then you'll be released from this oath. 
Only do not take my son there. So the servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham, his master, and swore to him concerning this matter. Verse 7 indicates to us that God will be, God is in this endeavor. Abraham responds to Eliezer and saying, you know what, there's one who covers me. And he covers me including this issue. And he's faithful. Most of us take God out of our spousal search. Yet he is desperate to get involved in it. Abraham released Eliezer from the commitment if the woman would not follow him. He was not going to pick any woman. He was going to pick a specific one. He says, do not take my son Isaac there. He says, it is not Isaac's. If the woman will not come, it is not Isaac's issue. It's a cover one. If she will not be persuaded by God himself, who I've said to you is faithful, then my son has got no business going to her. There's no business in Kunyenga in wooing her. So, you all know what happened in the story. If you read on in the story, Eliezer feels the weight of this responsibility that Abraham sent him for. And you know, he makes this outrageous demand on God. He says, God, wow. I don't know how I'm going to carry out this response, how I'm going to find the woman amongst many women. And he says, Lord, if it be that when I get to this world, the woman who uh, says she'll water me, she'll give me some water, and also waters my camels, that'll be the woman. Uh, you know, that, that's such an impossible. Let me just explain. A, cal- a camel drinks 200 liters, one camel, 200 liters of water. 53 gallons. If you multiply that by 10, that's at 2,000 liters of water. And a woman to empty out 2,000, that's, I don't, I don't I, you, you spend time in fuel queues. <laughs> How long would that take? In fact, it seemed like a, 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 a demand for it not to be fulfilled. But the Bible says the moment he prayed that the moment he looked to Abraham's cover, the moment he turned to God, a woman appeared at the well. And she said, I'll water you and I'll also water the camels. Let her be the anointed and the appointed one, the separate one amongst them all. So then, you know, it was that the camels, he watches as all this happens because he needs to make sure. He watches as this woman waters camel him, waters camel one, camel two, camel three. Oh, my. And he says, so it was when the camels had finished drinking that the man took a golden nose ring weighing half a shekel and two bracelets of his weighing a shekel of gold and said, whose daughter are you? Who's it's a cover question. Whose are you? Not who are you. 
Most of us meet and we start saying, who are you? Who are you? Bush people will give you Bush answers. Who are you? And you say, hey, man, we should do this thing where you ask her, do you like Fanta? Do you like it orange? Do you like it purple? What's your favorite color? Blue, red, orange, pink. What do you really like? Who are you? I really want to get to know you. God says, I want to know whose you are. Whose you are determines whether I'm going to have a relationship with you. So she responds to him. Then he says when she responded and told him who she was, he says he bowed down his head and worshipped who? The Lord. Why? It has been brought forth to me. It has come to me. In my place I've caused something to come. He worshipped the presenter. Not worshipped the thing before him. Oh, baby, you're so good. Oh, you. I haven't seen a behind like that since. <laughs> baby, when I ooh, just want to look at you and my knees go jelly. They'll be going jelly for life. The man said, blessed. Be the Lord, God or master of my master Abraham. He has not forsaken, he's, he's not forsaken his mercy and his truth toward my master. As for me, being on the way, the Lord has led me to the house of my master's brethren. So the young woman ran and told her mother's household these things. Ladies, we are in the world, but we're not of it. So I'm not excusing that a man may be ignorant and may not know. So he may approach you. But ladies, in this house, learn to run to your cover. <laughs> Bible says Rebecca ran to her cover. She didn't speak to him, didn't respond to him after he gave her gifts. She went to her cover and that's where she spoke. That's who she told. That they may be they may be. My, my time seems to be here. Bible says that she told the brother these things. And listen to what Laban says. She told him, thus the man spoke to me, in verse 11, that he went, Laban went to the man, and they stood, by the, who stood by the camels in the well. And he said, come, oh, blessed one of the Lord. Why do you stand outside? For I've prepared a house and a place indoors. Fathers, brothers, pastors, whoever God has entrusted for cover for someone, it is our responsibility. It is our responsibility not to hand over our sons and daughters to a worldly system. Laban didn't put uh, Rebecca in the front line. He took the responsibility. Uh, this is such a, an amazing thing for me. That as parents, we 
feel God has anointed us to do what's best for our children, what's best for their schooling, what's best for their health, what's best for their lives. And yet when it comes to marriage, we excuse ourselves and say, Tete will take care of it. Mzukuru will take care of it. Oh, Excuse me. Excuse me. Are they the anointed ones for, the, for your child? God looks up from heaven and says, this is your responsibility. It's too late when and the world system says, hey, go out and see, go out and find out. Then come when you are ready to your parents. It's too late. Emotions have gone. The horse has bolted. Too late. Can we not build this from right from where the be- in the beginning cover gets involved? Dad, I met someone. Dad, I would like to counsel with you on someone. Why would you believe that God has anointed you to have your best child's interest at heart and not anointed you for who they'll marry? Who they'll spend their life with and give you grandchildren with? And we hand over that responsibility to someone that probably doesn't know your child, doesn't know what's best for them, has probably no interest, looks at it and says, let me get an advantage. Then our lobola process, your mkwasha only walks in when the lobola is finished. Too late. I, I, I told my daughter, I said, your guy, aku nyengewe, ano nyengaini. He does not woo you. He woos me. He has no business wooing you. I sat my children down because I was getting frustrated with some things happening in the house. I sat them down at lunch. My wife and I sat them down. I was saying, God, give me wisdom. How can I best explain this to my kids? I sat down my kids. I said, guys, you won't believe our neighbor comes into our yard and jumps the wall, gets our lawn mower, goes and uses it and mows his lawn. Then when he's done, he comes back to our yard, throws the lawn mower back in the yard. I said, guys, what do we need to do? He says, ah, oh, dad, 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 you need to go and speak to Dave, Uncle Dave. He can't do that. He can't. That's just disrespectful. That's, that's just crazy. Dad, dad, and you know, almost a righteous anger was coming upon me. So I said, if I can do that for my lawnmower, what more my daughter? Some guy decides to come into my daughter's life without coming through the door, mess her emotions up, leave her hanging high and dry, then I am supposed to deal with it. No, 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 no. Unless you come through the gate, unless you come through the sheepfold, you are a thief. So I said, this guy, whoever speaks to you, speaks to me. You are more valuable to me than a lawnmower. Stop treating your children less than your things. People don't use your things without asking you. Why would they use your child? And if you're a father, when your son comes to you and says, Dad, 
you are the one that's going to walk with him and say, let's go and see them. Hmm. Go back to the beginning. That's counsel. That's surrounding ourselves with counsel. And if your father and mom aren't there, that's why God puts you in a church community. Go to your pastor. Cross culture. Use Pastor Milton. That's why we want you in a cell. Because you speak to your district pastor. Pastor, there's a guy smiling at me. And if you're a guy, pastor, I would like to tell you, I think something has been brought forth my way. Then in the multitude of counsel, victory is made assured. We have too many women, too many, flaunting themselves wanting to be chuffed. Same story, you carry that into your marriage. You leave your whole marriage needy. Chuff me, chuff me, chuff me, chuff me. Woo me, woo me, woo me. The way he got you is the way you maintain. Tell me you love me, tell me you love me, tell me you love me. You didn't tell me last week, you didn't tell me yesterday, you didn't. Oh, listen, here. Laban didn't ask Eliezer, do you love our daughter? <laughs> he asked him the where question. And whose are you question? And when Eliezer had outlined the story, without even talking about love, I feel good, she makes me feel good, what, what, it should be good for, no. When he had outlined the instruction, Laban said, this seems to be of the Lord. Who am I to stand in its way? Hmm. Now, cutting the long story short and I'm wrapping up now. Pastor, what are you saying? I'm saying what is before you is the garden or the bush? Is the glory or the fig leaves? Choose. Either way, yes, there is redemption even in the fig leaves. God came and redeemed. But the way may be tough. Hard. So Eliezer says, do not deny me. Let me take the woman. Then and only then does Laban say, let us speak to the woman. And he says, they asked, Rebecca, will you go with this man? And he says, yes. I have seen that my cover is happy. I trust my cover. They have only good thoughts towards me, goodness for me. I will go. Ladies, who is presenting you? Who is presenting you? Men, who are you hidden in? Are you a gardener or a bushman? The Bible says that Isaac, when 
uh, what's the name was coming when Eliezer was coming with Rebekah. Saw them from afar because he was in the field meditating. He was in the field having a relationship with his cover. He was in the field being whole in him. So when he saw them coming, he took note. The Bible says that when he took note, Rebecca also took note. She asked Eliezer, who is that? Eliezer said, that's my master. She stopped immediately, got off, covered herself. Most ladies open themselves up. When he comes, pastor, he's of the Lord. I just felt he was of the Lord. God has spoken to me. And uh, I showed him the merchandise. In fact, I gave him the merchandise. I uncovered myself. No, she covered herself. Waiting to be presented. Waiting to be revealed. And when Eliezer got to Isaac, Isaac didn't speak to Rebekah. No matter how good she looked, no matter how nice she was, no matter how much his dad told her he'd gone looking for a wife, he spoke to Eliezer. And Eliezer says, this is the woman I've brought for. After he had given the go-ahead, he then took her into the tent. If a man is unwilling to speak to your cover, he has no business taking you into the tent. Don't go to the tent without your cover's knowledge. In this church, Pastor Tom and Bonnie have broken their backs to ensure that there's a system, there's a cover system that's available for our young men and women. And this message is not just for the single. I'm speaking to parents too. I'm speaking to the married too. Because you have children that you not abscond yourself from the responsibility of helping them discern God's will, of helping them come into God's purpose. It's our responsibility. Lest the world has our children. In this church, we counsel that the moment you sense or the moment this is happening, first we say, be in groups. Because that's where you, and, and go about serving God and in a group and fellowshipping and cross-culture, whatever it is. When something good seems to pass you or wanting to pass you, go to your cover and say, I've seen something. And let the process be done under guidance and counsel. So we say to you, don't start premarital counseling when you're getting married next week. It's too late. Come, we want to start when the relationship's beginning. That's when we want you to walk under counsel. So if you're in a relationship here, or you sense you're about to get into a relationship, we have our team from the couple's ministry in the main foyer. Go and see them. Go and say, hey, me and my would like to bring things into alignment, would like to get counsel, would like to surround ourselves with cover. 
would like to be in the garden. And if you're married, good, bad, or ugly, we, don't, we also say don't walk alone. Don't walk alone. God is the God of redemption and restoration. So that same team has a couple's ministry. There's mountaintop marriages. That helps you bring the cover of God over your union and teaches you the makers and the creators' will and purposes right from the beginning so you may walk this journey out. So I want to encourage you, if you're here, make use of that facility. Make use of what we're offering to you. That's why we say, be in a cell. Because every cell is under a district pastor. Because we want you to have a relationship with your cell leaders, your cell members, your section leader, your district pastor. So that when these things happen, there's a multitude of counsel around you. You're not trying to come out from the dark into the light. Oh, just hiding things and then, boom, surprise! Uh, got engaged. No, 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 no. Turn to your neighbor, say no. Off the bat. Um, you know, sister, let me speak to you about something. Uh, you know, there's this guy. Oh, there's this lady. They say to you, man, maybe we can go to our section leader. Section leader will take you to discipline. Man, let's walk this out. Let's, let's see what God's purposes is for this. I'm not speaking about something I've not done. I was single in this church and I had pressure, lots of pressure from all of y'all. To nyenga, to go out, to what? This one, I did not nyenga. I did not say a word to her. The moment I realized that this could be my wife, I went and spoke to Pastor Tom immediately. They nyenga there for me. I love my pastors. I'm so grateful for them. Thanks for listening. For more teachings and videos, visit celebrationmen.org.